Jr. completes the sweep. He wins today at Pocono Raceway. It has paid off. Kyle Busch continues to be the fastest on the racetrack. Martin Truex Jr., he will win at Pocono Raceway. NASCAR America, Carolyn Mano and Parker Kligerman. It is a very busy weekend ahead. The Xfinity Series is in Iowa. The Monster Energy Cup Series is, of course, in Pocono. Parker, which drivers can challenge the big three of Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, and Kevin Harvick? None. No, I'm just kidding. We have a couple here that I think really can. And we'll start here with a 42 of Kyle Larson. Now, remember, he finished second here earlier this year. But it's how he finished second that's important and why he can challenge that big three. See, Pocono is a track where the driver can make a lot happen. They can make up for some of the deficiencies inside the race car. And that's what Kyle Larson does so well because he's just oozing with talent. And so when you look at a place like this, how can he do that? Doing things like this, passing Martin Truex Jr. around the outside into the tricky tunnel turn, going by seven-time champion Jimmy Johnson down the front stretch. It's these things that Kyle Larson can just make up for around this three-cornered racetrack to eventually go ahead and beat cars like Kyle Busch there as you see him coming off turn three. So I just really believe if there's a car out there that can do it, then this is one of them. And I think if you asked me this question, I didn't mention him, then you should probably just fire me off this show because he's that good. <laughs> We're not going to do that. But which driver comes to mind next for you, especially as you look at the playoff leaderboard? So behind him in points, but I believe could beat him on the racetrack. That's the 11 in 11th place, sorry, the 12 of Ryan Blaney. We know he won here last year, but he also has speed, and it's in a different fashion than Kyle Larson. I believe that this is the fastest of the Team Penske cars, and therefore, Ryan Blaney and this 12 car having the confidence and knowing that he's won there before, bringing the speed that they are to some of the downforce tracks, finishing second in Kentucky, these are the things that lead to wins. And you can see he held off one of the big three last year, Kevin Harvick, in an awesome drive that he had to win that race. So bringing the speed they have, knowing he's won there, he is definitely one of the drivers that can contend and beat that big three. What about the driver that's had six straight top fives here, and that being Brad Keselowski? Well, let's bring him up here to emphasize those top fives. Look at that. Second, third, second, fifth, fifth, and fifth. But the key one is this last one, the most recent one in June. And the reason being is that he and Paul Wolf did what they do all the time and pulled some of that strategy magic to steal track position. And once they got there, Brad did what he does so well, which was hold on to that track position. And therefore, it's those things that I believe really line up for this team to go up there and challenge the big three. I believe, although the 12 car might be the fastest of the Team Penske cars, as we look back at his win here in 2011, which he did in an amazing drive holding off Kyle Busch, with a hurt ankle after testing, getting a crash at Road Atlanta testing, that was a gutsy drive by Brad Keselowski. But what this team does so well is they out-strategize some of the others, and then when they get in that position, Brad is able to maximize the speed inside those race cars and hold them off. So I just believe that, that he is probably the car. If I were to pick a fourth car, in my opinion, that's the car to challenge those big three. You know he's so desperate to get it done. And desperation comes to mind when you look at the playoff bubble. We've been talking a lot about Alex Bowman, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., Paul Menard right down here. The battle is tight. 
what do you think with six regular season races remaining, especially given each of these drivers' past performance at this track? Yeah, so this is an interesting battle. So we'll click, we'll bring them all up here. Just click on them all, and you get all three. Look at that, <laughs> the magic of the touchscreen. But nonetheless, let's start with Alex Bowman. He was having a top 10 run here earlier this year and actually got taken out a little bit by Denny Hamlin as they went off to turn one and didn't get the finish that he probably deserved and, and showed up speed-wise. So I think he looks at this racetrack as a place that he can get back to that fashion of running the top 15, being a fringe top 10. And if they finish in the top 10, then most likely he's holding off one of his main competitors there of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. who finished 14th here earlier this year. Now, the thing about that is Ricky told me just this past weekend, he feels like if there's a track that he feels confident about, it's Pocono. Why? Because of the same reasons I said why Kyle Larson could compete with the big three, because he can make up for some of the deficiencies inside those race cars. It's a driver's racetrack. Ricky likes that. He feels like he can make a lot happen there and get a good finish. And then when you go past him, it's the guy that's catching them so quickly in the last couple weeks. That is Paul Menard, who finished 11th here in earlier this year. They have been on a roll here in that 21 car from Kentucky to New Hampshire, just gaining a ton of points on Alex Bowman, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Gained a ton at Kentucky, had a lot of speed there, ran the top 10 the entire race. That's a downforce track. So I'm a little nervous if I'm Alex Bowman, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. because they're really hoping to take the top 15 speed and get a top 10, knowing that Paul Menard could show up with top 10 speed. The driver that's currently sitting in 14th place right now, Jimmy Johnson, is going to celebrate an important milestone in his career because he's going to become only the 30th driver in the sport this weekend in its history to make 600 career starts in the Cup Series. How big of a deal is this for Jimmy Johnson? It's incredible. We call him Superman, but he might eventually get to that close to that nickname of Iron Man. I mean, this is awesome to see him hit milestones like this. And I mean, is there anything in the record books he can't accomplish is my question because he's he wants that eighth championship and he's just continuing to knock down some of those records. But likely a tough task ahead for him this weekend. Yeah, I, don't, I would not pick him on our fantasy team if I were to put it lightly. Interesting you should mention that. We are going to make our fantasy predictions a little later on. We're going to be joined by Sirius XM's Pete Pistoni like we normally do. He's going to tell us what his loyal listeners are thinking about heading into the weekend. There's a lot to discuss there. If you are one of Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s loyal fans, remember, brand new episode of the Dale Jr. Download, the TV show dropping here at 530 Eastern. When we wrap up, it's not that far away, so make sure you stay in your seats. While we are talking about the Talladega legend, the Super Speedway announced a $50 million renovation earlier today, and the main focus, an enormous infield project. It's going to include a one-of-a-kind garage fan zone experience. The aim of that is to help fans get closer than ever before to some of the biggest stars in the sport, and that addition truly just scratches the surface of what is going to be the largest renovation in the track's history. And that transformation scheduled to be completed in October of next year, just in time for the track's fall weekend. So we all look forward to that. Back to this year, the Xfinity Series heads to the Hawkeye State this weekend, like we mentioned, and Christopher Bell has been flying pretty high recently. Who might spoil his plans for a three-peat, though? One name may come as a surprise to you. Stay with us to find out who. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles.
Welcome back, everybody. In April of this year, Canadian driver DJ Kennington competed in the Cup Series race at Bristol with a hood featuring the logo of the Humboldt Broncos. And as you may recall, the Canadian junior hockey team had lost 16 of its members earlier that month when their bus was struck by a semi-truck. Kennington and his race team auctioned off the hood of their race car to benefit the Broncos. And on Monday, he made a stop in Humboldt while on his way to Saskatoon for a Pinty Series doubleheader to drop off the hood, which was signed by all of Kennington's team members along with a check for $12,000, which was raised in the auction. Just a wonderful gesture there. Uh, meantime, back to the Xfinity Series for a moment. Christopher Bell has taken a checkered flag in the last two races, holding off a pair of champions and Monster Energy Cup Series regulars in Kyle Busch and Brad Kozlowski. But back in June at Iowa, Justin Allgaier beat the hard-charging Bell for his second win of the season. And while Christopher Bell sits atop the playoff leaderboard. If you take a look at it, the real battle here for that regular season championship, it comes with 15 very valuable playoff points. Daniel Hemrick holds a six-point lead over Bell. Elliott Sadler just one point behind Bell and Cole Custer 13 behind Hemrick. So with the Cup Series drivers out of the picture, this is seemingly another one of those real opportunities for these drivers to gain some ground if they need to do that. Definitely is, and I think when you look at Christopher Bell, what does he have to do if he wants to hold off those guys? Is he has to do exactly what he's been doing, and it's been executing at a really high level. I know coming into this season and talking to him earlier in the season, it was a bit of transition from the trucks to the Xfinity car, and just being able to understand exactly what these cars needed, and he wasn't that comfortable. Well, now I can tell you I'm, pr I'm pretty sure he's feeling very comfortable because he's <laughs> held off two of the best in the Xfinity Series, as you see him doing here at New Hampshire this past weekend, driving by Keselowski and then eventually driving flawlessly while Keselowski hounded his rear bumper to hold him off and never make a mistake. And that is what is going to make it so hard for some of these others to beat him because if he brings that same level of ability and execution, he's going to be very hard to beat. That was something that really resonated with me because you saw Brad Keselowski get closer and closer and he just seemed to be perfect in the moment. Having that kind of composure, especially with a veteran, a champion, a Cup Series regular and Brad Keselowski, what do you think has led to the progression of Chris Christopher Bell getting to this point where he's ready for those moments. Well, I think when you look at his progression, you know, he's always been fast. He wins and everything he's in. But I think when you look at the Xfinity Series specifically, you know, winning that race last year, he didn't feel like he was maybe really ready for these cars or it felt like he wasn't comfortable with them. He won a race earlier this year. And then they had a bit of a downside there where they, they weren't right running really as well as they hoped. I know going to Daytona, they were talking about, you know, trying to turn those things around. And then he is just lit on fire. And I think he's just one of those young drivers that's full of so much potential and talent that if you give them that little bit of confidence to go with it, you're going to see what you're seeing now. And that is a guy that can go out there and just win on any given weekend. So looking for the three-peat this weekend, the last non-cup driver to do that was Dale Jr. back in 1999. It's good company. Who are, yeah, absolutely. Dale Jr. download coming your way in just a couple <laughs> a little minutes. Bit. Yeah, shameless plug. <laughs> um, who do you think are the biggest challengers that could potentially steal that from him? Well, I mean, you have to look at the guys who've actually won in the series, right? If they're going to beat Chris Bell, So you got to look at the guy who most recently won at Iowa. And that is the seven of Justin Algar who beat Chris Bell held him off in an, a very impressive drive and you know in talking to junior motorsports and, and being very a friend of Justin Algar's you know one of the things that he's known for is his short track promise and he 
Junior Motorsports feels like he's added a lot to their short track program, that Justin has been a huge reason why they have some great cars at the short tracks, and you see that in his ability at the short tracks. So going back to a place he's already won this year, having that confidence, the tire is the same. Many things are similar, although the, the temperature might be a little different. That's all I've heard. Uh, you know, I think all those things being very similar, that team goes in with a lot of confidence and knowing that Justin Algar is one of the best short track racers in the game. I think that this is a place that they look like saying, hey, Crystal Bell, you've maybe won the last two, but we're going to stop you again right here. And we've mentioned the, him as maybe the potential guy that everybody would be pointing towards to get in the way of that. What about Daniel Hemrick, though? Daniel Hemrick, the, the uh, perennial full of opportunity or full <laughs> potential, I guess is what I should say, is that he has been so close in this 21 car. And talking to his crew chief, Danny Stockman, they just want to win. They feel like a win is any is going to happen any minute. And it was so close at Kentucky. And he felt like, you know, just uh, barring a couple different decisions on the restarts, he could have maybe won that. He's been fast each and every week. The RCR cars, in my opinion, are really coming alive right now. So I just think this is one of those weekends that they have to have circle in their calendar saying there's no cup drivers. We know that we can run with these guys up front. We're the points leaders. Let's go win that first race. I really believe they have a lot of uh, confidence inside that 21 car. And just you have to think it's any weekend now, they're going to win a race. And when they do, that's going to be a very similar situation to the 20 Crystal Bell, where I feel like the floodgates open. Once you get that first win, you know how to get the checkered flag, you got it. We did promise someone before the, before the break that might be a little bit off the radar. Who sure. else are you Quickly, thinking? Quickly, I'll put yeah. in Matt Tift in the two-car. Daniel Hemrick's teammate, he finished top five last week at New Hampshire. He finished fourth at Richmond. He is a sneaky pick to go up there and maybe win this weekend because he is so good on the short tracks, and I believe those RCR cars are really good in the short tracks. So look for him to be kind of that dark horse to beat some of these other Xfinity Series regulars. Okay, I like it. Uh, by the way, our Xfinity Series coverage gets started tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, and we have Brendan Gaughan, who's oh, yes. going to be with us. He's going to be our pit road analyst in Iowa. I know that you're, you're excited about that. I, I think so. I'm sure he'll have some interesting comments here and there. He's, he's always good for a quote or two. Yeah, he's always good for a good time. He always has plenty to say. So does <laughs> yes. the man who's going to be joining us after the break. Our fantasy NASCAR co-host, Pete Pistoni, joins us to discuss whether or not a cup race on dirt is still in the works. Also, our team's going to start gambling for more points this weekend in Pocono. Stay with us. That conversation with Pete from SiriusXM coming your way next. Well, Parker is not really a morning person, uh, but he does. I don't know. Are you? I, I just don't know. No, I just thought I would say morning? that instead. Um, do you get up to listen to the NASCAR on NBC personalities every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern on I the morning drive? I can't wait for it. With Mike Bagley and Pete Pistoni, it is only on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90. If you know what we're talking about, let's uh, welcome in the co-host of the morning drive, Pete Pistoni. Pete, I want to start with something that happened yesterday <laughs> on Sirius, where you are. NASCAR chairman and CEO Brian France essentially said that more road courses may come before any dirt races and cup that has been a huge discussion the last couple weeks whether or not dirt belongs in Xfinity or cup what was the fans reaction to that on the show well Carolyn I think as we've talked about here the fans would really love to see NASCAR take Tony Stewart up on his offer last week to bring an Xfinity Series race or a cup race to Eldora but I think Brian France had a little more pragmatic approach to things today a little more realistic approach today and he said listen I got a feeling that it's going to be more of if this Roval that works out of Charlotte Motor Speedway, something fans really like, and it's a good race, maybe that's the direction we go to add some variety to the schedule. He sort of threw that bucket of cold water on dirt racing in the Cup Series, 
And quite frankly, I think that disappointed a lot of our listeners at SiriusXM NASCAR Radio today. And Pete, would you say that many of the fans are just looking for a change of some sort? You know, we're talking about road courses all the time, the Roval. We're talking about dirt racing. Are, are they just looking for a change from the norm of what we've had over the last couple of years? Yeah, Parker, and that's what it is. You know, I think that a lot of fans just want to see something different. And we've got a little difference this year with the way that the races lay themselves out, which is good in the one way. Whether they they are the same tracks, and I think a lot of folks are looking at looking at Charlotte, and if there's an opportunity to do a dirt race or something like that, or or go to a short track. But I, we all know it's not that easy because of the business model and the business world that NASCAR's in. So it's going to be interesting to see in the next couple of years if they can maybe make a tweak here or tweak there. But I think that's putting a lot of emphasis on what we see at Charlotte Motor Speedway on that road course coming up on September 30th. It lends itself to such a larger discussion about what NASCAR is. Is it a business? Is it entertainment? Is it a sport in and of itself? It's a combination of all those things, Pete. For now, let's move on and just focus in on these six regular season races. When you look at the landscape on the playoff leaderboard, who needs to really gamble here in terms of points versus wins and maybe start taking some real risk with six races remaining? You know, I look down the stretch here, Carolyn, and if those drivers that are trying to get into the playoffs or stay in the playoffs do the exact same thing, you know, I got to wonder what that's going to do. And we heard from some crew chiefs this week saying, you know, we maybe need to go out there and be a little more aggressive, make a two-tire stop, make a, a no-tire stop on fuel and get track position. But the other side of that, we heard drivers and teams like Greg Ives, for instance, uh, talking about Alex Bowman, that they are going to be more conservative. Uh, even Eric Almarola's crew chief, Johnny Klausmeyer, told us yesterday on TMD, they're going to be more conservative, and it's the risk versus reward because the points are going to play such a big part of who gets into the playoffs this year. It's going to be more of, I think, hang on to what we got and don't let anything slip through our fingers. And I think that's going to be the approach from those teams there at the bottom of the standings here in the next half dozen races. That's interesting, Pete. And actually speaking to the 19 team from Daniel Suarez, they told me, you know, being where they were before New Hampshire, they have to gamble. They have to do something. They're so far out at this point. And if you remember just a couple weeks prior, Daniel Suarez said, we will make the playoffs. Well, now he's <laughs> in a very precarious position to do that. So they've got to gamble. It seems, though, Pete, like the picture is starting to get clearer for a lot of these teams. There's a lot happening with the points. But with six races left, you would have to think that some of these teams, like you're mentioning, are saying to themselves, you know what, this decision's getting more and more simple. We need to make something happen, No. Absolutely. And when you look at the fact that that big three that we talked about has combined to win 15 of the next 20 or the first 20 races, I don't see that slowing down anytime soon. So if you think you're going to capitalize on this win and you're in scenario that's out there, I think that just becomes that much more difficult. So that's why these strategies and these game plans going into every week, starting this week at Pocono, are going to be very interesting to watch with that group. Pete, I know you're really involved with fantasy, um, and this seems like one of those really fun weekends to make picks because you talk about teams gambling versus being more conservative. I think a lot of NASCAR fans are starting to do that in their lineups as well because they're anticipating some change. So who are you watching this weekend? Well, again, the big three are going to be good. There's no doubt about it. But let me give you the other three. And I got to lead with Brad Keselowski. In the last six races at Pocono, guys, the worst that Brad's finished has been fifth the last three times there with a second and a third in that mix as well. He's really good there. Kyle Larson had a second-place finish there back in June. I think he's going to be up near the front. And don't forget Ryan Blaney. I think Blaney has run a lot better this year than maybe his finishes depict. And he obviously won at Pocono a year ago. So Truex Jr., Harvick, Kyle Busch, week in and week out, they're going to be there. But those three guys I just rattled off, 
try to get them on your fantasy team. I think you might have a good return on that investment on Sunday. Well, if you saw the first segment of our show, then Pete, you would know you and I both agree on that. So those yeah. are the other three out there, I believe, that really could contend <laughs> with those like two. It seems like it's what makes those sense, three. though, right? Uh, it is. I mean, you, it's not hard to look at these drivers that you just mentioned, Pete, and think that those are the ones that can compete because they're either doing it on strategy or speed or talent like Kyle Larson's doing. So it's just those three are really the only three we've seen being able at times show flashes of speed to beat those big three. Now, that's not all the time, but they've shown enough to give us that hope. Yeah. All right, Pete, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week like we normally do. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the races. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. All right. Uh, coming up next, we are going to continue the fantasy discussion here because there's a lot to talk about. Which drivers are going to be your keys to victory? Are you going way outside here? Maybe try to grab some points. Plus, the must-grab garage pick and who gets the red flag as a big-name driver to stay away from. That's coming your way. Stay with us. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Big weekend on Tap at Pocono. Make sure you're right here Sunday, 2.30 Eastern on NBCSN. Will the battle of the big three continue or will a new member tame the tricky triangle? That's the big question. Before Kurt Busch made his way to Pocono, he took a trip over to England to watch his wife and accomplished polo player Ashley compete alongside Prince Harry in a charity match to benefit children dealing with HIV in Africa. And Ashley and the Prince's team were the victors. Harry's wife, Meghan Markle, on hand to present the trophy to the winning team. It's a great awesome. experience. Yeah. Um, it feels like the big three have already been crowned this season's royalty. Here's I was the latest say royalty odds. in NASCAR. Yeah, see what I did? Yeah. Nice. Um, it was a pretty low-hanging fruit. Here's <laughs> the latest odds for Sunday's race. According to the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook, Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, the favorites. June's winner, Martin Truex Jr., 3-1 to one odds. The runner-up in that race, Kyle Larson, 8-1. to one. Okay. Before we make our picks, oh. I know you guys really care about what I have to say. Um, let's check the latest advice from the expert between the three of us. Yeah, Dan Beaver on Roto World. So here's what he's got. Big three must starts. So that's pretty obvious. Dan does rank them as Harvick, Truex, and then Kyle Busch. Also says, go with Eric Almarola as the garage pick. Eric finished seventh at Pocono earlier this year. So that's his reasoning for that. Red flag being waved at Jimmy Johnson. He thinks Jimmy is a very big risk with little reward. So did Dan's advice play into your picks at all? What do you got? 100% because I picked the big three. You'll see them come up here soon. I also have Eric Almarola in my garage. Well done, Bees. That was because of what he wrote. And I thought, you know what? That was smart. So I knocked Blaney out put him in and I've got Brad Kozlowski winning because I love that 12 to 1 pick that you have there from the West I uh, Las Vegas. I swear that we do not talk before we, we do make, never no. But okay, so throw my stuff up in the back. I actually listened to Beeves as well and yep. I chose Eric Amarola for my garage is it back there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I went with the big 3. I put Brad K in there. I put Blaney in there. I felt like that just made sense. And then I have Brad Kozlowski winning That's the race. That's actually hilarious. Now you hedged well, your bet with Toyota. All the bonus stuff on the bottom, not that anybody really has a vested interest in what's happening on my fitness league. I happen to be drowning. However, I hedge everything on the bottom. So I like that. But what's interesting is I went Larson, you went Blaney. So out of the three that we talked about over there at the beginning of the show and which Pete mentioned in the last segment, yeah. we both decided differently right there by I one also, driver. I 
I always like have some kind of FOMO and I double back and I go back and I make changes like right before the race and it ends up always screwing up. But I, I'm thinking about Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney, maybe putting them in the garage. I just don't. I this, don't know. The only thing I'll tell you is for me. don't listen to my stage picks because I always get those wrong. So, okay. <laughs> so we offer nothing. Go to Roto World if you really want um, some good insight. That's all for us. Our coverage from Iowa gets started tomorrow at 5 p.m. Xfinity Series practice Saturday from Pocono Take at 9. Listen. Brand new Dale Jr. download dropping now. Turn up the volume. <laughs>